Mac football pod. Uh, it's just me and Justin today. No Caleb again. Uh, Caleb's just not doing his part. Caleb, if you're listening, we still love you. But Justin, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. We got to start doing these things on like YouTube or something, because so we can uh, you can see my little like dad dance here when we play our dope intro music. I would love to know like what your dad dance is, because like I we're doing this over Zoom, but like neither of us have our cameras on, so. Yeah, we'll put it on. We'll start doing it on YouTube next season. You'll get to see the dad dance. It'll be one more year of dad growth, right? Oh, don't promise. I'll have a two year old at that point. I'm not going to put in the work to do this on YouTube. Come on. (laughs) I want to smash that subscribe button. Does your (laughs) ring those bells? I want to know if, like, does your dance start with, like, me blowing out with your eardrums by, like, hitting the button and at that point realizing, oh, yeah, there's music there. Oh, no, it's, it's like, pretty much instant. It just, like, overcomes me and then my arms do weird shit. <laughs> you know, white people stuff. Oh, I thought that was good. I thought, I thought that's Matt quarterback stuff. Weird stuff with your arms. Is that where we should start? Should we start with uh, the 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 interception or the field? The field. Oh goodness! All right, let's just go through all the scores. Uh, the only two non-conference games, I should say, two non-conference games: Mississippi State forty-one over Western twenty-eight, Toledo over UMass 41-24. Maxton across the board thirty-seven thirteen was the final. Buffalo over Central. NIU revenge game over Akron 55-14. EMU beats Ball State at home 24-10. Miami beat the brakes off of Bowling Green. Uh, a tangential uh yeah, a tangential win over Georgia Tech, which beat Miami of Florida, which beat Miami of Ohio. Uh Ohio, speaking of Ohio, Ohio blew the doors off of Kent State 42 to 17. Big week of blowouts, man. Like, no one-score game found this week. Not really, like, something that we say about Maction ever. No, it was the closest game with any drama, like, WMU and Mississippi State. And even then, it was kind of just like Mississippi State jumped out to a 17-0 lead and just sort of never looked back. Like, WMU kind of just hung around in the rear view, but maybe the side view mirror. I guess. I mean, there's, like, chances in, like, the fourth quarter of, like, Eastern Ball State, where like Ball State could have, you know, scored. Like there was, it's penultimate, ultimate, penultimate, ultimate. It's penultimate, penultimate, off, penultimate offensive drive uh, started on Eastern's thirty-five, and came away with a turnover <laughs> on downs. Ball State football, twenty twenty-three, catch the wave. Uh, where do you want to start, man? I I don't know, man. Like you, you were kind of like getting really really hot over uh over western michigan's backup quarterback situation right now uh yeah it's got a qb2 controversy going on uh not really i don't think it's qb2 controversy as much as like a cute qb1 yeah qb1 qb1 and a half because it's definitely not salopec i don't think salopec is in the top two category he's cool you know he's he's good but the other two are better but hayden wolf looked man you you lead you lead. Hayden Wolf was great. His uh, final stat line was twenty seven of thirty five for two sixty two, three touchdowns and a pick. 
Um, he was fantastic. I mean, by QBR, he was one of the better G5 quarterbacks on the week, and it kind of came out of nowhere. He'd seen a little bit of action this year and been pretty not great. Um, kind of looked every part of QB3, which is where he opened the year. WMU is going to have a decision to make next week. I don't have any clue what the health of Trace and Borge is. I honestly had no clue he wasn't going to play Saturday. Borge has played well enough to earn the number one spot, but in terms of like the he, his he dressed, impressive though, performance, I don't think I don't think it was like I think it's like quote unquote injured situation because yeah. him Buckley and Marshawn Nealand, three of your top players are not playing in like a, a week six non conference game. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I think. That's a smart decision by the coaching staff, by the yeah, way, to yeah. just be like, this game doesn't matter, and you can kind of come up, you know, bloodied and bruised. You got homecoming next week against a really good Miami team. Probably want to keep everybody healthy. Um, basically, in this game, the only place I'm looking at game on paper, the only place where they showed up negative um, on the offensive side and EPA per play was running the football, and Jalen Buckley didn't play. So do with that what you will. CJ Hester, the freshman, mm-hmm. turned in some good um some good carries, but uh Zahir Abdul Salam was also pretty good, um, all things considered. But yeah, they just weren't able to get it going on the ground in the same way that they're used to. Doesn't matter, it was the Hayden Wolf show. Get on with it. Come on, let's talk about it. It was Hayden the Wolf. Hayden Wolf talk show. Talk about Hayden Wolf. You got a glimpse of what this offense and this kind of like air raid light scheme looks like, right? They were hitting quick passes, they were hitting open guys, they were finding holes. Like this was the offense that was advertised because in the previous weeks with the ball state game accepted and even in st francis they ran the ball 60 times they haven't moved the ball through the air at all this year they scored a bunch of points against toledo but they got a defensive touchdown they didn't move the ball very efficiently this was the first time it looked like a functional offense um so i don't see any reason why hayden wolf won't be qb1 going forward but you know who knows let's see what this week of practice holds i'm just excited as a WMU fan to like see that offense look that way by S and P plus SP plus, sorry, no ampersand. It's been like six years, Justin, get it together. That defense, they just played grades out pretty similarly to Toledo. And you saw how they struggled just a couple weeks ago against Toledo and compare it to how they played Saturday. You've got to feel pretty good about this team trending in the right direction at the right time. The schedule is going Schedule doesn't get much easier. The next two defenses they play are Miami and Ohio. So we're going to find out real quick if this was just kind of flash in the pan or if it's actually turning a corner. If it is turning a corner, this team could be pretty dangerous for some people, um, especially at home this Saturday. Like, if you haven't seen Hayden Wolf, like, throw the football, you just got to do it, man. Like, he, he he's, he's different. He's different. He looks like Jamie Moyer out there. And I say that because he's got the best changeup in the game. Like his ball placement is so good. So good. It's got a lot of touch passes. The thing I'll say about Hayden Wolf is that, you know, he doesn't throw a great deep ball and nobody on this roster does. The the guy who throws the best deep ball in the roster is Jack Salapek. But the problem with Jack Salapek is he's, not willing to get the ball downfield. And I think that's, it's probably something they see in practice that just doesn't show up on Saturdays. Um, He's the best thing I can say about Hayden Wolf is like, he kind of just ran the offense. Like he threw to the open guys, Kenny Womack at wide receiver, by the way, I think he's like second or third in the Mac in receiving yards. Now after Saturday, he had a fantastic day. Um, I'm going to check myself on that stat. 
fifth. He is fifth, 315 yards. So he kind of shot up the leaderboard in the MAC. He looks pretty damn good. He was always open on Saturday, and Hayden Wolf hit him. And I think like something could be said for like the simplicity of it that it was like get the ball downfield and be willing to throw passes. Hayden Wolf's first touchdown on the day was um, in the front corner of the end zone to Austin Hentz. Um, he was more or less covered, but he was willing to throw it. And I think that's kind of what miss it. It's a little bit different than the way Borke does it. Borke it was a difficult of, uh, throw to make too. Like that was really, really good. Very tough throw, perfect placement, but you have to like be willing to try it. And I think that's what we've been waiting for, for basically two seasons now for Western is like, we need someone to, you know, air the damn ball out. He's doing that. Um, we'll see if he starts on Saturday, but it's good to know that Western has him. This game against Mississippi State was um, it was both closer than the score says and worse than the score says. Like you could talk yourself into Mississippi State being actually three scores better. SP plus says so. Um, but you can also look at this game and say, hey, maybe if they start the right guy at quarterback and they're moving the ball like that in the beginning of the game, they don't fall into a 17 nothing hole. And maybe they have more of a chance. Mississippi State's first three drives of the game started um, within five yards of the 50 yard line uh t- twice in wmu territory and then once i think on like their own 49. Do and when you have one of the most inefficient defenses in the country like you're going to get scored on they did a good job of stalling the first drive and holding to a field goal to keep it to 17 nothing and not 21. um but that's what this offense has to do it has to give that defense a chance to create takeaways um you look at it from the wmu perspective on the op optimist side for this game alone first is the offense is moving the ball very well if they can keep doing that they showed they could do it against ball state um they showed they could do it a little bit against toledo they're getting better every week um but you know right in right um before halftime they missed a field goal that was well within palmer domsky's range uh they also took a roughing the kicker the penalty kicker penalty in the second half um on fourth and ten which resulted in Mississippi State getting a touchdown instead. So if you want to go ahead and add seven more points to the, or subtract seven points from the differential, you can go ahead and do that as an optimist. You're still going to lose the game, but you got to feel pretty good about how they came out of Starkville this weekend. Do you know it's another game that, uh, like the score said one thing, but Lord, I tell you, it was not nearly as close as the score suggested. NIU Akron. NIU. <laughs> NIU Akron, 55 to 14. No. Not not nearly as close as it looked. My God, did I didn't even know Akron scored two touchdowns in that game? Where did they find time to do that? Let me give you a pop quiz, and hopefully you're not looking at the box score at this very uh, immediate at at this moment. Do you know the rushing average that Ontario Brown had? Uh, was it nine and a half? More. Twenty nine and a half. Less, but not by that much. <laughs> 21 and a half. 13 carries, 280 yards, along with 66, four touchdowns. What? That's the player we expected to see. And it's actually pretty impressive. I know it's like Akron. Akron's one and five and all that. But like Akron turned in a pretty good defensive performance against Buffalo just a week ago. And NIU took it to them and i use a different team away from home i don't know what it is at home but like on the road this team is scary uh they clock in by the way um they're not they're not a great team efficiency wise by sp plus but they come in at 104 which is fourth in the mac so like 
you take those three teams at the top that we know are on the top tier, the leader of the pack in the next wave of teams in the hundreds, it's Northern Illinois. Whether you like um, it or not. They already have the loss to Toledo, so I don't think this, I'm not suggesting this is going to be any like NIU devil magic type season. I think it's going to turn out to be a pretty okay season for them. No, man, NIU kicked ass. And like Rocky Lombardi, like you kind of look at the stat line, like you you know that the running backs just like went off. Like he doesn't have to have a like a big day. Even if you take away his long like 64-yard reception or his long like 64-yard touchdown uh, pass that he had, he still had like nine yards per attempt. So he was even killing it then. Uh, but he finished like 10 of 15, 66 percent, 190 yards, two touchdowns. Just an, a good old fashioned ass whooping. Uh, sucks that, you know, DJ Aarons couldn't be in there to, you know, help Akron repeat after last year. Because that's why NIU kicked so much ass. If Akron would have never won last year, this would have been a nice little 34 to 12 score. 85 percent success rate on, on Ontario Brown carries. That is what? absurd. That is absurd. <laughs> absurd. The team as a whole averaged 11 yards per play. I don't really care who you're playing. That is that is fantastic. That's Thomas Hammock football. That's what you expect to see out of that team. I'm trying to look up like past performances against Akron. To, to find like a comparative beatdown. And I'm thinking back to like that 2016 WMU team where Jarvion Franklin ran all over Akron. And I'm trying to remember what week it was in. It might have been 2017. If I find the stats, I'll let you know. I'm curious to see if he had a better rushing day than that, than even that. Uh, you, you talk, we talked up like Western Michigan so much, uh, but NIU, I mean, is this enough to like, I don't know, with since non-conference play, didn't really like the way that they started, but two point loss to Toledo on the road stinks, but closer than we probably expected it to be a big, big, big demanding beat down over Akron. But I don't know how many times you're going to have Ontario Brown just annihilate the Mac opponents the rest of the year. Like you only play Akron once you make the most of it and you got to move on sort of deal. But is it super encouraging for us on the outside, not being NIU fans to say like, Hey, these are legit contenders. These are, you know, the SP plus says the fourth team in the West. And I agree. We're fourth team in the Mac. And I agree. Because I don't know, I I don't know, man. I'm still a little bit worried about them. Like, they can eat a lot of frosting off the cupcakes, but I don't know. I'm just... There's a lot to worry about about all these teams. I mean, like, once you get past Toledo, Miami, and Ohio, uh, and Ohio's offense is kind of concerning. We can talk about that. But, like, you're probably worried. Every single one of these teams, with a few accepted, can beat each other. Uh, yeah, that's fair. It, yeah. It's and we're going to each come other to that bad. same result no matter who we talk about. You're right. Yeah, um, this is but a I think NIU. Yeah, I mean, look, look at Central. I agree. Sorry, my headphones just cut out. So if, if I'm talking over you, I apologize. No, I, uh, I was just saying. I mean, just look at Central. They just lost to like Buffalo, who couldn't do it. 
who couldn't do it, who couldn't be Akron in regulation. It's hilarious how these teams just change week to week. Like the like, there's like massive vibe shifts. Like, and when you're talking about a conference where basically all the teams are kind of bad, <laughs> like everyone has got to be on. Every single fan base has to be on like the most emotional of roller coasters right now. Mm-hmm. Just with like, I don't know, like, I guess if you're a Bowling Green, well, no, even Bowling Green, they got the Georgia Tech win. So, like, they look bad all the other times, but not that game. Um, Ball State and literally State the only time bad generally, but everybody else the, like, has reasons to feel good and terrible. Like, the only times Bowling Green looked good this year were the FCS game and Georgia Tech. And now they have the transitive win over Miami, Florida. The greatest cycle ever. And if you're a Miami, Ohio fan trying to talk your way into a New Year's Six, you just got to argue that you wiped out your loss to Miami, Florida with a transitive win over Miami, Florida. Fair? I think so. Yeah, and it's the week that apparently the BCS polls said that they would have been number one. I don't think... Was the BCS polls like ever out this early in the year, though? I don't remember. That's a good question. Yeah, I was too young. Um, I just looked up that that uh, that WMU annihilation of Akron in 2016, and uh, yeah, as you probably guessed, Ontario Brown's performance was even better than Jarvion Franklin that day. He had 33 carries, 281, and a touchdown. Um, averaged eight yards per play. No, Ontario Brown was better. Success rate 67%. Ontario Brown was better. This is a pretty his performance against Akron is like an outlier of outliers in, in terms of how good it was. What the fuck do we do with Buffalo though? Like what the fuck do we actually do with Buffalo? Like I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I don't know really anything about this team other than like, it might be good this week. And, I don't know, man. I just there's no like clear strength anywhere on the offense other than that like they're gonna try really hard at it and they're gonna like try to play for as many third and twos as possible. Mm-hmm. They're a team that you kind of just hold tight to your preseason priors for like eleven weeks. Because it could just show up at any time. Yeah. It's not an obviously well coached team. Like like outside of like acquiring like you know pretty good talent like around the roster and doing a lot of patchwork like what is like the identity that like we've seen out of like Mo Linquist leading this team so far That's a great question. I can I can't tell you. And I think like in a game like this where one guy intercepted the ball 3 times and returned it for two touchdowns and the one that he didn't return for a touchdown, he did return to his mom in the stands, and she hit yeah. it away. Um, yeah, it's really hard to, like... And, and, like, the offense, like, you you can, like, run up the, like, the scoreboards in those instances, and, like, you look like they won 37-13. to 13. Like, you know, don't get greedy there, Mr. Man. But the quarterback didn't score at all, you know? And, like, no, it, it's been, like, a year and a half of Cole Snyder at quarterback, and, like, I'm not trying to, like like hate on the kid but like it's been a year and a half of him like he's it's he's been the most stable presence at quarterback of any of the quarterbacks in the Mac since his time in the Mac and it's only been a year and a half you know 
Mm-hmm. Like some guys have missed time to injuries. Other guys are like just now breaking in this year or whatever the case may be. But the whole time Cole Snyder's been behind quarterback or behind center at Buffalo. And I don't know what you're supposed to do with him other than like five yard completions. And is that like the best kind of guy you really can get in the second year of Mo Linguist leading this program? Like, is this really like what we built the ceiling up to to this point be? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think on the question of identity, it, like it's definitely not that. Like, I don't think that's what they're going for. But I, the story with this team is seems like it's the same as last year, right? Get takeaways, win game. And like they have the capability of bludgeoning you if you decide to throw two pick sixes or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know how else to slice it. Like they're a team that can just they're two and zero. They can if they're able to turn the page into the late part of the season where they've struggled the last two years. Um, then sure, I mean everything's still in front of them. I just I haven't seen anything from them that suggests they can win a game without doing what they did against Central on Saturday, mm-hmm. which is score defensive touchdowns, create turnovers. Like that's it's a good recipe for anybody, but no one in the MAC does it better than Buffalo. Um, I still always think back to that Toledo game a year ago where we all kind of thought that Buffalo was the you know heir apparent in the East before Ohio turned it on. Talk about it a lot. Uh, it's not a bad identity to have. It just seems that like in games where that doesn't happen, where they're not turning you over a bunch and in big situations, they just really don't have the juice. It sounds meaner than I mean it, but like <laughs> that's I, I'm with you. We're kind of just waiting on some sort of offensive identity to emerge mm-hmm. and they just don't have it. Hey, look, man, there's 130 plus, you know, FBS football teams like, some of them are going to be more juice than others. I, I feel like that's just kind of a reality we knew that we stepped into before we bought our microphones. Speaking of juice, how about that Miami defense? Uh, speaking of no juice, how about uh, that Bowling Green offense? Oof. Like seven points in Mac play. They have played the two top defenses by far, so it should sure. ease up for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, seven, like it's, it's seven hard. points. It's hard to split those in any any case. Like Miami, Ohio, like, yeah, most MAC teams are going to go 0-2 in that stretch. Most MAC teams won't have a quarterback hand-deliver an interception to a defensive lineman. One of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. I don't have, like, a list off the top of my head of the worst interceptions that I've seen, but that's on the top five. That's an interception that I would throw. Yeah, you want to talk about like things that you and I could do out there? That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe not. I probably would have gotten sacked before even rolling out of the pocket to make the bad throw. So credit to the quarterback there for making that happen. That's more of a play than I would have made. We'll see what Miami does going forward. We talked about like WMU kind of turning it up offensively. Like if you're a Bowling Green fan. Not that you're in the interest of like seeing how other teams look against defenses that dominated you, but I would say like if WMU with a first year head coach and all that roster turnover is able to move the ball on Miami and you couldn't in what is this year five, year six? 
Scott Loeffler, you got to feel pretty rotten about it. And guess who Bowling Green plays next week? Buffalo. <laughs> Who's going to show up today? <laughs> that's that's a game that I it's, you could tell me, like, we could fast forward and you could be like, one of these teams won by 30, and you told me it was Bowling Green. I'd be like, sure, whatever. God, anybody that, like, places a single bet worth $50 or more on this game, um, you're invited to to the podcast. Like you come have explain to, yourself. You, yeah, and like, good lord, man. What's funny about um, BG is that I would need someone that's like smarter about scheme and like how the offense actually operates because you look at the pieces they have on paper, talent wise, at the skill positions. I guess outside of quarterback, it doesn't make a lot of sense right that they would struggle this much but i guess if the quarterback play is that it could be that simple i guess where it's like yeah the quarterback's just not getting the job done mm-hmm. but i don't understand with all those weapons why this team offensively just can't get it together yeah no like it's it, I, it really is just like an efficiency thing like less than 50 percent throwing on the day um like they they get it like like they did this before where like they would have like the one quarterback, Matt McDonald, he's the primary like pocket passer and all that stuff. And then once they got into the red zone, uh, they would give it to like Grant Loy, you know, to do like more dual threat sort of stuff to kind of open up the playbook and have more red zone plays. They're doing the same thing. Like they're just, they're using the same playbook and like same style that got them somehow to the quick lane bowl. Don't want to say Detroit and make you guys think it's a next championship. But like they're doing the same formula. They're just not, they're just not hitting the pieces. Like how often have we talked about Odu Odu Hilaire this season, but how much did we talk about him in the preseason? Like he's an amazing talent, but like, he's just not getting the football. Yeah. Fair. Is he, is he healthy? Like, I don't want to say that and have him not. I guess it, look, he has, he's 15th in the Mac in total receiving yards. I guess I can check his game logs and see. Um, I haven't kept up to see that, like, how frequently he's playing. He's like, he's not, um, he's definitely, he's not taking like 100%, like, any of Yeah, any he had four, but... four catches for 27 yards. Um, yeah, he has. Oh, OJ. Yeah. Yeah. His best performance of the year was against Ohio. <laughs> Five catches, 45 yards. Yeah, he's out um, there. Unfortunate because between him and like the return of Terry on Stewart, kind of thought this offense could surprise some people, but uh, I guess it has surprised us in that it's you know bad. Hey man, Stewart still kicks ass. Oh, he's so fun. He's gonna have some big games coming up. The defenses aren't all gonna be this good. I would have to say, like, the gauntlet of defenses they've played through six weeks is probably tougher than anybody in the MAC that it has had to endure. So they could be like, <clears throat> this could be like your Maxion must-watch team, potentially. For a variety of reasons. <laughs> Good and bad. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly bad, though. Yeah, I don't really prescribe like, oh, this is your Maxion team to watch, and they, they're from the East. I don't really like doing that unless it's like Miami or Ohio right now. Uh, so... <laughs> 
Uh, their maxion slate is, it looks like Ball State, Kent State, Toledo, Western Michigan. God, I'm going to watch every second of, Ball, of Bowling Green, Kent State. <laughs> I, You say that. You say that, and I will challenge you on that. When is that? Let's see. Hold on. How far how far yeah, down the line I'm, is that? Bowling Green, I Kent think State. It's, it's, is it week 11? Yeah, it's week, it 11. week 11. So it's a Wednesday uh, game. You I, might, you I, might. Yeah, EMU Toledo's that night. Yeah, um, you definitely not which will probably that. get that'll get most of my eyes probably, but Central Western's the night before, so uh, Miami, of course, put up twenty-seven points because Bowling Green can't. Um, Brett Gabbert, good as always. You know, doesn't you don't have to do anything impressive when Bowling Green is just like not there to play football. Like it doesn't really matter. So I'm not going to like dig two down there and be like, why aren't you efficient enough? Because I don't really care. Ohio 42, Kent State 17. Feels a little weird because it's like that should not have been as close as it was. That should not have been as close as it was at any point. Ohio's offense is kind of struggling. That To me, one of the bigger surprises of the year so far. This is about the time last year that they started to turn it up, so I'm not ruling it out. Um, <clears throat> but Kind of expected more from them, right? Uh, kinda. I mean, like Sam Wiggles isn't like blowing up. Miles Cross is like having an incredible year, of course. Fantastic year. Yeah, I feel like every other catch he makes is one of the better catches I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're just like kind of getting greedy. Maybe like, sorry, I had to cough. But maybe like last year we saw them score so many like. 40 point 50 point bangers in like the first half of the season that like we just kind of expected that and mm-hmm. now we're just kind of like hey what the hell you know um yeah i don't know I, like I, i'm kind of what i'm upset about is like we said that there's no way in hell kent state puts up double digit points and here they are and they did it yeah that's messed up both of its quarterbacks had a touchdown what the hell they only they only completed eleven passes all day, and two of them were touchdowns. What the hell? Is that so hard, Buffalo? See, Kent State's quarterback score touchdowns, and they had two of them do it. I don't know how. They shouldn't have, but still, I mean, like, it's just like one of those things where, like, if. You know, like we look at these things as like if this game were played a hundred times, how many times would they come away with the win sort of deal? You know, we would always say like, you know, hey, 99% of the time Ohio would win this game. And this is just one of the times where, hey, why did we get the 42-17 simulation? That's weird. Oh, well, moving on. Hopefully Ohio doesn't, I don't know, play anybody that close again. Like when they like should be blowing them out. Who does Ohio have next week? NIU. NIU. Yes. NIU. Yes. So is... good. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. I'm talking myself into NIU doing some weird shit for that game. Um, I don't that, know if, I don't know I mean, if NIU that's the, can cover like that, though. That's the easy game of the week so far. And we're going to like find out if Ohio's offense can turn the corner. I mean... 
to go back to that point, I mean, preseason, it's probably our voices are on the internet now. I'm pretty sure we said this had a chance to be like one of the best Mac offenses we'd ever seen. And uh, well, obviously not true. So I think like disappointing on that front, but that defense is really damn good. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of good, Toledo, you called it on the, the pod last week that Toledo was going to give us one good half, no more, no less, and it was the second half. Turns out that's exactly what happened. They like, oh, there's a lot of eyeballs, like, uh-oh, UMass is playing pretty well. No, Toledo was like, remembered who they were, took care of business. The thing that... Daquan like, Finn, still good. The, the thing that concerned me about it, though, like Daquan Finn, okay, here, here's the good of it. Daquan Finn, 172 rushing yards on 13 carries. That's a school record for a quarterback. Really damn good. Like, you do that against, like, a Don Brown defense. Like, that's going to, like, you know, give you some street cred. Here's the problem, though. UMass was without its two starting corners and a safety. And he was only 15 of 23 through there for 139 yards. Two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, both of his touchdowns were thrown at Jawan Newton, you know, pretty good, but he only had 43, 43 yards receiving junior Vandeross only 34 yards off five catches. feel like you should have just torched them a lot, a bit more through the air though. Maybe it doesn't I matter because he like, didn't need to, I, that's right. a situation. I think we're getting a little greedy. 15 of 23 is pretty good. Like, yeah, you'd like him to not throw interceptions, <clears throat> which is Toledo's Achilles heel, by the way. It's like if he, Finn is good for a game where he's going to throw like three touchdowns and two picks in like a 35 to 31 loss or something like that. Like he's good for that. Um, He was kind of on track to do that against Western Michigan. Like he, you know, he got hurt. Obviously he's fine, but like the offense got a little bit less turnover happy when he left the game because they were in a little bit of danger there. Um, If he, yeah, he's good for that, man. And that's something they got to keep an eye on. So I'm like half with you on that, but I'm, he was still a really good day. Yeah. And like also Penny Boone, like also went off. Like I think as a team, mm-hmm. they had like 300 something rushing yards. Um, yeah. Just under eight yards per carry for Penny Boone. Yeah. I mean, so like I get, I get that, but I also think situationally could have had more, definitely could have had more like under those circumstances. Um, especially if like you are, you know, if you're just, if you're Buffalo and you have a quarterbacking day like that, hell yeah, go for it. But if you're Daquan Finn, returning quarterback Daquan Finn, who has like bigger aspirations after this, of course, I don't know. It's just one of those things where like, we're going to look back and be like, why why didn't you torch UMass a little bit more? Like, it's not a great defense. Could have done a lot more through the air, but just didn't. Oh, well. I think with, I think the more concerning thing for Toledo is that, I mean, the defense is still pretty good. But as far as, like, 41 to 24 blowouts go, UMass didn't play that poorly on offense, to be be fair. Fomachon, like, he, he could throw, man. He could throw. He had, like, uh, just a beautiful like 75 yard touchdown pass or it was it says 71 right here, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. whatever, just like first and 10 to start a new drive touchdown over everybody's head drive over. Like that was amazing to see. Like he did that a couple times, like, uh, go into game on paper really quickly. 
how many explosive plays do you think were in this game by both teams total? 20. 18. So you're very close. Yeah. Like that's yeah. a that's very, very high. That's a very, very high rate for explosive plays for both teams. Uh um, yeah, there's you look at um Game on paper Toledo. is saying that Toledo was at 18% in the 99th percentile and UMass was in the 78th percentile with 11%. That's really good. We're this game featured UMass. This game featured a 56-yard run, a 49-yard run, a 47-yard run, a 71-yard receiving touchdown, 31-yard reception, a 20-yard reception, 27-yard reception, 28-yard reception. Like, pretty crazy, man. Like, pretty wild game, especially in the first half. But, yeah, like, UMass turned in a really good offensive performance against the defense that we probably expected a little more out of. And that's – I think – if there's any fear that Toledo is going to drop a game before the Mac title game, the fear is that you get that Daquan Finn type game that I mentioned where he, he gives up a couple turnovers and then the defense also turns in this type of day. There is always the potential for that perfect storm to happen. Um, I mean, they escaped NIU like there's vulnerabilities here that I would be a little concerned about, but this is still, I, I still think it's, pretty clearly the best team in the Mac, but it's getting less clear as like Miami starts to play better. Mm-hmm. But like on schedule at the same time, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> Toledo's five and one and kicking mostly everybody's ass that they play. So we're nitpicking at this point. Yeah. But you know, this, this is Toledo. This is Toledo football. Like this is, they should be like winning games more and more, but slowly slipping away at the same time for some reason how is this going to be explained later we'll find out when we see who they lose to it's definitely got those vibes to it in two weeks they play miami um that's what i think we'll learn because they play ball state next week don't expect to learn anything there we've never called game of the week two weeks out but that's game of the week already I don't even know. Let's see. Let me look at the other games too. Uh, That's our week seven show or week six show. Yeah, it's oh yeah, easy, very easily easy. the game of the week. Yeah, the um, next best what, game is what EMU NIU. I was gonna say Ohio Western's got my got pending my the results of this Saturday. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like Eastern NIU definitely makes a lot of sense because it's like a whole divisional thing. But entertainment value, ignoring the records, Western Ohio's got my attention for week eight. Yeah, but until- could be fun. <laughs> they always play very weird games. Lately, Ohio's come out, you know, with an ass beating, <laughs> delivering the ass beating. So, um, we'll see. Uh, Eastern Ball State. Damn it, we got to talk about this a little bit, I guess. Um, hmm. Eastern looks okay. I guess. I don't know. Eastern looks okay. Uh, shouts out Samson Evans for finally breaking the school record uh, for most touchdowns scored in a career. Super awesome to see that. Um, everything's, still in, everything's still in front of Eastern. It is, yeah. No, I, know that's, I know that's like coach speak and whatnot, but they still get to play Toledo and they play Kent State this week. Like, don't yeah, don't get caught sleepwalking if you're EMU. That's for sure. Don't want to. Well, do that's that. the tough thing that they're going to be in dogfights every week, with the eh, probably the exception of the. I, I would hope they're not in a tight one this week um, with Kent, but like you're just in win at whatever cost 
and get to the Toledo game. So I don't know. EMU. I don't know what um, I haven't checked Bill Connolly's tab yet to see what his predictive scores are going to be. But looking at CFB graphs, they're picking Kent State. Picking Kent State with projected points and it's averaged out. So bear with me. Projected points. 15.7 points for Kent, 11 for Eastern. Kent State's pretty, is a stingier than expected defense. Still not great, but stingier than expected is all I'll say. But it is the worst team in college football. So that would be a a bad loss. <laughs> it's a really bad loss considering that the spread right now, uh, per this screenshot, I'm not really looking at the books right now, Eastern's favored by 10 and a half at home. So, yeah, that would suck. <laughs> that would suck. It would, it would suck. It I don't, would suck a lot. I, I don't know. Like, I think I'd quit podcasting in, like, all media together. Actually, I'm not going to put that out there. But, like, yeah, don't do that. I'll consider it. Uh, that's the CBS Sports Network noon game this week. Uh, the only other team on cable, I guess, is... Um, Ohio and NIU, they're on the U. Everyone else is on ESPN Plus this week. So if the worst does happen to Eastern, a few people might actually see it, which would be a bummer. All right, so here's my here's the time where I make a uh, a public plea, like for CBS Sports Network. Put your noon sleeper on at eleven. Mm. Put it on sooner, please. Like we're all eager to watch, like something we're all eager to watch something let the nooners be like super nooners at 11 it's all good steal some attention early and let's let's just get this done like like we all know like we all know like what the real ones are at like let these players get back to the locker room and like watch like you know whatever nooners on abc you know let let them watch the fourth quarter of that come on yeah get it rolling i don't hate that idea and I got a wedding to go to. So come on. Wrap it up. We talked about Ohio and IU for week seven. Any other games catch your eye on this slate? Let me pull it back up. It just it just got away from me. Oh man. For like the wrong reasons, yeah. I have one that I'm staring at. Like it's gonna be really, really painful for me to like rewatch it. But I'm also really excited to see how nasty this can get. Like, how nasty can Akron at Central Michigan get? I was just about to ask you what your feel is on that game. It seems like Akron's kind of a dumpster fire right now with DJ Irons out. But like, I don't think like I don't think their quarterback is terrible either. I don't think no, Taj but Bullock like, could, is, is could they, could they do this? I think all it takes is just like another bad passing day out of, you know, out of Jace Bauer. And if the, the defense can just do what everybody else is doing and just limit the explosives out of the run game, you know, I, I, I could see, you know, central playing itself into a bad situation there, but and it, it was Akron's first full game without irons. Right. Yeah. He left late in the Buffalo game. Mm-hmm. I think Central could be in trouble this week. I don't think they'll lose. I don't think they're going to have 
I don't think they're going to do to Akron what NIU just did to Akron. Yeah, but when I Let's see like that way. you know, minus 12 and a half, that's that's dangerous. That's dangerous. It's too big. Yeah. Not too big of a spread. Toledo is favored by 17 over Ball State. I think that's fair. Very fair. I think it'll end up being closer than that because that's just generally what happens. BG yeah. Buffalo is interesting for all the reasons we talked about earlier. Um, yeah, if you like better games than Akron Central, Bowling Green Buffalo might be your flavor. Actually, no, honest, honestly, not even that. No, I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, Miami and Western, I think, could end up being a good game. Miami kind of struggles. I think it definitely will. I think yeah, it definitely at, will. At Waldo, um, WMU's notoriously pretty good at home in good years and bad years. I still don't think they're going to win that game because I just think Miami's defense is too good. Um, but, hey, look, last time Miami won a MAC title, they lost at Western on Western's homecoming in 2019. So maybe you want to lose this game. I think we'll see both quarterbacks for Western. That's what I think. I don't, I'm not sure just because they, they have a tough decision to make because I do think it's Borges' team. They kind of handed him the reins, and he did play well last time out. It's like, I don't know how like culturally all that will work to be like, hey, you got a little bit hurt and we kept you out. Because um, Western obviously didn't plan on playing Wolf. But it could be a situation where he played himself into it. That's I mean, Really, that's like all the intrigue I can drive from that game is just that like, who the hell is going to trot out and take the first series? Because I don't think they can do what they did early in the season, which is like, give one guy a series, give another guy a series. It's too late in the season for that. I think they'd be well within the rights to be like, hey, both guys are playing well. The, we just saw this last guy play really well. He's going to go out there until he stops playing well. I mean, no matter It does what, feel like we watched Hayden Wolf kind of like take Q, take QB1 from everybody else. It did feel that way. And like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that like the next two opponents that Western's going to have to game plan for are the two best teams in the East. And two of the better defenses in the entire country. Like, those are top 60 defenses. Mm -hmm. They will have played. Um, Yeah, it'll be the next two toughest defenses that they played. Iowa, obviously, clocking in at number one SP+. Plus, that was the toughest defense that WMU played. Syracuse is at 34. But after that, like, this is, I would say, comparative to the Syracuse game where they were they struggled to move the ball. So, yeah, I mean... I'm riding a high of optimism right now. I'm probably going to be crushed sitting there in the rain on Saturday. But, uh-huh. hey, like, I do think there's some intrigue there. Um, and just to get a chance to see. I'm excited to see Miami because I do think, like, I don't want to say quietly. It's not quietly. But, like, Brett Gabbert best quarterback in the Mac right now. Like, is it is it a close he's conversation? Play- he's playing like it right now. I mean, like, him or Finn. Like, you got to give Finn, like, you know. The juice is like Fair. a dual threat. Yeah, I should say. Yeah, that was a dumb question. It's obviously close, him and Finn. But like between those two guys, like he's right there. Mm-hmm. I think they're different types of players, of course. But like, yeah, Gabbert's been really good. So I'll let you go ahead and disagree with me out loud with my rankings that I just, uh, I shouldn't say just, but like earlier today I posted over at ipsy11.com. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm keeping Rourke way up there in my power rankings for quarterbacks just because name recognition alone and like 
I don't know. I just think he's like definitely worth it, even though like the stats aren't totally there. But uh, if he if he's like past any longer over these next couple of weeks, I'm definitely gonna think about moving him down. But I have Rourke, Finn, Gabbert, distant fourth after that, and then even distant after that for everything else. Really, yeah. um, it, it gets really hard towards the bottom, but you'll see. Lombardi, Snyder. Uh, I guess Borgay, even though he didn't play last week, and I'm just kind of like, well, if you're going to be able to start above a guy like Hayden Wolf, I guess that's got to speak for something. Um, and also consistency from last week. Uh, Western's Trace Borgay, then Lane Hatcher for Ball State, I guess. Uh, Jace Bauer at eight. Austin Smith at Eastern for nine. Uh, after God, after this, pray for me, please. Uh, Connor Basilek, then Taj Bullock, and then Michael Olamo. I, I I didn't know what to do with the bottom. I really I mean, no idea. If, yeah, I mean, if you're trying to get me to argue about like who the seventh best quarterback in the MAC is right now, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's it's tough to describe this conference as even having like a middle right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you mentioned, like distant fourth. I guess like Lombardi, la- like last week's Rocky Lombardi, you would you could put up there but like but he's like he's mostly just like the rest of the season Rocky Lombardi he's just no longer in the top that's what he is he's not even mm-hmm. like in the second tier he's just not in the first but on like reputation like we're keeping an eye on him oh yeah no i i've seen what you do before i respect his game but like if he I'm were like a year one your game. if he were a year one quarterback in this league putting up the numbers that he's doing right now i would not yeah, you would just I say, would definitely wow, have really him. nice, really nice week from that guy at NIU. It's like, God, uh, man, I hope you catch up to Cole Snyder. That's what I'd right. be saying. What uh, what upset would shock you the most this week? Ball State uh, over besides Toledo. Ball, besides Ball State. I guess Western over Miami would shock me the most. Same. That would shock me more than Akron. Mm. Well, what about NIU over Ohio with that? Because uh, that's, that's even bigger than the... Central Akron, because Central Akron, like, they're just, it doesn't matter. They're both going to be in the bottom half of the MAC. Like, I'm NIU probably, over Ohio would actually, like, fuck shit up. It would mess stuff up, and it would keep the door open for Miami to take a loss at some point. Um, they have a really tough schedule. Um, the The thing with NIU is probably just, like, the helmet game, right? That program just kind of has an ability to turn the calendar better than anybody else. Um there are a few teams in this conference where like what happens in weeks one through five affect what happens the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. They have always, even in good year, like, I mean, aside from the years where they were really, really good, where they're like, their, their constant setting was kicking everybody's ass. Right. But in the last like five years or so, it's always a team that's kind of like, you, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. Um, and they're just, they're really good at, refocusing the, through two Mac games. They've played very well. They have a bludgeoning of Akron and they nearly beat Toledo. And it wasn't like a, a fluke game either. I, I can pull up the post game when expectancy, but if I remember correctly, it was not like, like they had a shot shot at that game right now. Last year uh, it was 41.9% win expectancy for NIU in that game. So not quite a toss up, but like not, they gave Toledo a scare. There's, 
if you only showed us that those two games on paper and just ignored everything else with NIU, you would say, yeah, if Toledo slips up a couple times, this is probably the second best team in the Mac West. And I'd say that that's pretty clear right now that they are. Um, not a bad place to be considering how the season started. And like I said, they turn the calendar. Like there's no point in worrying about the fact that they lost to an FCS school anymore. Like it's, I don't know if it's, it's even a different team, but like right now it's the se- it's second best in the West. I think this is going to be my last note of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to, I'm looking at last year's Ohio NIU game because I mean, NIU, it just came off of a revenge win, right? It just came over a revenge win. If you would have just not, Akron, if you just would have not beat them last year, you would have not, like, took such an ass beating this year. Last year, NIU was down to now running back Justin Lynch at, at their quarterback because Rocky Lombardi was hurt. Curtis Rourke was out there doing his thing for Ohio. You know, they're having a fun time. Do you remember what the final score was? Uh, I just looked, so tell me. At Peden Stadium, Ohio did win, but it was just a one-score game, 24-17. to 17. Yep. Just going to use like the same theory this week where, hey, this time around, they have Rocky Lombardi. And no, he's not like the biggest difference maker in the world, of course. We already just we said enough on that. But they got him back, and that is that should be enough of a difference maker in this. And also, yeah, to, it's to that point, Ohio Stadium. was playing very well. It's at the worst place to travel to. Yeah, but NIU, not awesome at home. Right? Whatever. Like, the, I don't didn't know. Didn't you just say that they're going to like reset? Yeah, but they are still really bad at home, and they have been for a couple years. So, like that, I don't know which, I don't know which vibe trumps the other. That's but, fair. Like. That's just, I don't know, man. I have, I have probably a less of a read on anybody in this conference that I've had like in a long time. I don't know how you feel, but like we've been doing this for what a decade now. I don't remember the last time I just did not have a feel for teams like four through twelve. Yeah, because especially at four, yeah, like because normally the drop off happens at like six, seven. Like you can normally do like. Yeah. one to three and acknowledge like four to five and then know that six and seven and eight are always together. And then like the very, very bottom starts at nine, but yeah, it's like a, like first tier and then there's third tier. Mm-hmm. And boom goes the dynamite.